Hello, everybody. I'm Sean, and welcome back to the Croc Time podcast, delivering weekly updates on markets and geopolitics, providing you with valuable insights and unique perspectives on events and trends shaping the world. Today, we are going to be making the case to invest in India for the medium to long term. I have been following the country for some time and have finally come up with a thesis to shine some light on this often overlooked Asian powerhouse. Strong demographics and consumer spending, along with a powerful digital landscape and the French-shoring, near-shoring trends in manufacturing, are putting India in the spotlight and will make the country attractive for the future. The country will very soon become a must-have portfolio component. So let's cut to the chase and analyze all these macro themes in greater detail. India recently surpassed China as the most populous country in the world, with over 1.4 billion people, representing almost 18% of the world's total. It is also the fastest growing economy in the world, that is if you exclude Guyana, I promise I'll get back to this country as soon as I can. India is also the world's fifth largest economy and likely to become third largest within the next five years, overtaking Germany and Japan. Although its size and the opportunities it comes along with, this country is still included in the emerging market basket. Just to be clear, on par with countries such as Brazil and Mexico, instead of having its own basket, just like China and Japan. So what are the macro themes which will allow India to finally stand out among the rest? As I mentioned before, demographics, consumer spending, digitalization, and French-shoring, near-shoring are the key macro themes I will go over. Let's cover these one by one. India doesn't just have the largest population in the world, but it is also incredibly young. Over half of them are under 30 years old. Other, more developed Asian countries are seeing declining working age populations, which isn't the case for India. The incredible demographic dividend the country possesses gives it significant potential for the next few decades. The larger question here is whether the country will be able to harness the skills of this young population, invest in health and education, and ensure jobs. India doesn't want unemployed youth twiddling their thumbs. Just look at China's incredibly high youth unemployment rate, topping 20%. Increasing female participation in India's labor force is also a must for the country. The government of Narendra Modi, India's prime minister, is focusing heavily on infrastructure with railways and highways, which is great news to connect the country and its people while fostering business. Urbanization will follow right after, along with the appropriate manufacturing and digitalization steps we will talk about right after delving deeper into consumer spending. The second macro theme is consumer spending. Domestic consumption is a key pillar of India's economy and a key contributor to GDP growth. Private consumption accounts for 63% of its nominal GDP in December 2022. Just for contrast, China's private consumption represents only 38% of nominal GDP. 
the expected increases in per capita income levels increase the outlook for consumption. The number of households in the upper mid and high income brackets is expected to grow from the current 70 million households to 200 million households by 2030 and will represent a staggering 51% of all households. A large consumer market is in the making with both significant size and scale. It is no surprise that many global businesses will be looking to set up manufacturing in India to serve such a massive domestic market with deeper pockets. Many people believe that Apple's decision to manufacture the iPhone 14 in India is only a result of the US-China tensions. But in reality, people tend to forget that this decision will certainly help Apple cater the growing domestic Indian market and its increasing disposable income. The third macro theme is digitalization. Modi's government introduced a surprise demonetization in 2016, discontinuing 86% of all the cash in circulation overnight. While it was widely criticized back at the time, its effect on flushing out unaccounted cash was a smashing success. Another second-hand effect was the emergence of the Unified Payments Interface, UPI for short, which is a platform that allows free and fast account-to-account -account transfers using fintech apps. It is also an open platform and not locked into a single company, unlike Alipay in China. Sundar Pichai, Google CEO, is one of its biggest fans. UPI processed $1 trillion in transactions in 2022, around one-third of India's GDP. Even street vendors across India use it. The Indian model is so successful that it is being exported to other countries, such as Brazil. Another factor in India's digital success is the India Stack Initiative. This is a comprehensive set of APIs that allows governments, businesses, startups, and developers to use a unique digital infrastructure to offer identity, payment, healthcare, and other services at scale. Private companies can build apps integrated with state services to provide consumers with access to everything. In general, India's digital transformation has been remarkable in recent years with the rapid adoption of smartphones, increased internet connectivity, and the government's push towards a digital economy. This is positioning India to continue to drive future economic growth. An example of a recent big success was Cowin, a software application that helped roll out a massive COVID vaccine campaign all across India, with 900 million registered users and over 130 million doses of COVID-19 vaccine. The increasing adoption of online payments has catapulted the entire e-commerce market and is impacting the financial sector, transforming how people transact and access banking services. India's growing fintech startup ecosystem is proving to be a major force driving innovation. The adoption of digital technologies such as automation and robotics has helped increase manufacturing efficiency and productivity. 
This is improving India's ranking in the global business environment and allowing manufacturers to compete more effectively in global markets. The government's Make in India initiative is encouraging foreign companies to invest in Indian manufacturing. This leads us on towards the final macro theme, manufacturing. In a world with sky-high geopolitical tensions and a growing divide between the West and the East, changing and diversifying supply chains is a priority for businesses around the world. Friendshoring and nearshoring are two of its biggest themes as companies look to diversify and move some of their production out of China. Companies will look for places that offer cheap labor, manufacturing scale, and domestic demand. India ticks all three of these boxes and is launching ambitious programs to attract global manufacturing. These include tax cuts, investment incentives, and infrastructure spending. Modi's $30 billion of production-linked incentives looks to catalyze investment in 14 priority industries, including semiconductors. Indian conglomerate Vedanta and Taiwanese manufacturer Foxconn are investing $19.5 billion in building semiconductor and display production plants in Modi's home state of Gujarat. In recent years, India continues to remain one of the most popular foreign direct investment or FDI destinations in the world. The Indian government has made it a priority and continues to shape the FDI legal landscape to make India an investor-friendly jurisdiction. A recent report by the Confederation of Indian Industries calculated that India has the potential to attract FDI flows of $475 billion in the next five years. India's growth in the last few decades was mainly driven by the services sector and the country never truly experienced a manufacturing boom. With the right policies in place, the share of manufacturing in India's GDP could increase from the current 15.6% to 21% by 2031, doubling India's export market share. India's current leading export sector is technology services, making up around 17%, but it generates very few jobs. In fact, only 5 million workers work in India's IT industry. Focusing on manufacturing could provide more jobs, boost India's self-reliance in its quest to become a global superpower, and reduce its trade deficit. Their neutral geopolitical stance makes the country an even more favorable destination for companies and investment. However, while I've highlighted many positive macro themes, there are certain risks to pay attention to. Weak corporate governance, highlighted by the recent Adani crisis, is a major obstacle, while political and religious extremism is concerning, given Modi's Hindu nationalistic playbook. Energy shortages, eroding democracy and press freedom, and climate change are also important risk factors to consider. While its demographic picture is excellent, let's not forget that hundreds of millions of Indians 
still live in poverty and its fertility rate is declining rapidly. If India wants to become a global superpower, it needs to step up its game faster than ever before. All in all, these are the major macro themes currently affecting the Indian landscape for the medium to long term. There is still a lot of room for India to grow economically over the next decade and China's diminishing attractiveness represents the perfect opportunity for India. While India will not be the next China, it has lots of legroom to innovate and shine with its own unique blend. India's structural changes in digitalization and in attracting foreign companies are impressive and investors should keep an eye out for the country. Its strong GDP growth will eventually translate into increases in corporate earnings and stock market returns with significant potential returns in the medium to long term. An additional benefit that India would bring to foreign portfolios is its extremely low correlation with broader indices. The stars are aligning for India's future right in front of our eyes. The journey will be bumpy, but patience is key here as India's time is upon us. Thank you, and I hope you enjoyed this episode of Croc Time. Please leave a review and follow me on Instagram, and I'll be back next time with more insightful research.